coming up on the Keto Cam Podcast, we bring back Dr. Rebecca Warren. problem is this when you go into that doctor's office you leave with a script and that's all you have and that's all you're doing what you're doing is you're bypassing so many steps to get to the end and put in that end product i like to go from above down and the hypothalamus in the brain pituitary in the brain stem the hypothalamus is always looking at your internal and external environment to determine am i safe or am i not safe this is really important for you to understand because any chemical emotional or physical stressor it's going to affect the hypothalamus and how it signals. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you for pressing play today. As we are heading into the new year, I, I'm wishing you a happy, healthy, prosperous new year. But before we get into that new year, we have an episode today with Dr. Rebecca Warren, and we have another episode on Friday, December 31st, with Dr. Kate Shanahan. Today's episode is all about your thyroid, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism. There's a lot of myths out there surrounding the thyroid, keto, and fasting, saying if you have thyroid issues, you cannot practice fasting. If you have thyroid issues, you could not do keto. Well, we're going to make the argument, and I have probably the world leader in thyroid research, Dr. Rebecca Warren. We are going to make the case that you cannot heal the thyroid without a healthy amount of ketosis and fasting. And we're going to explain, she's going to explain how to use it the right way to support the thyroid. We also talk about medications, the right ones versus the wrong ones, and the whole connection on how this actually works, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the adrenal, and this whole function on TSH, which is not even a thyroid hormone. It's the pituitary stimulating the thyroid to produce T4. That needs to be converted to T3, which is the active form. We talk about that. We talk about the importance of keto flexing, Dr. Rebecca Warren shares her story of pain to purpose to promise of getting cancer, thyroid cancer, and having her thyroid removed. And she's been on the episode before, the Keto Camp podcast before, episode 254, 279, and she's back. And this is an interview we took from our previous Keto Kickstart Challenge. And this has never been released to the public. It was only available during that challenge and I'm deciding to release it today because we're actually gearing up for a new seven-day keto challenge starting on Monday, January 3rd, and it's going to be seven days of incredible information, jam-packed. I'm going to teach you how to be a fat burner instead of a sugar burner. I'm going to teach you how to practice intermittent fasting the right way, how to find the best schedule for you for fasting. I'm going to also teach you how to keto flex, and I have special guest speakers confirmed. Megan Ramos, who's a New York Times bestselling author who works closely with Dr. Jason Fung. We have Cynthia Thurlow, good friend of mine, nurse practitioner. She has a TEDx talk with over 10 million views. She's a fasting expert for women. We have Dr. David Jockers, who has one of the top websites on natural health in the world, bestselling author of keto and fasting books. We have Alina who's the chief operating officer of Keto Camp. She's going to be helping as well, and myself. This is 100% free, starting on January 3rd, Monday. It's going to help you start 2022 off on the right foot. Today's episode has no ads. There's no sponsorship ads on today's episode. The only 
ad, if you will, is me promoting this life-changing seven-day keto challenge, which I want all of you listening to hit pause right now and go to ketocampchallenge.com or click the link in the notes down below. I'm going to put it all the way at the top of the notes and register your free spot. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be great whether you're a beginner or a pro. You're going to learn so many things. It's going to be amazing. So go in there. We're going to do a live stream every day for seven days in a row with the exception of Sunday, and we're going to give away also seven thousand over $7,000 in free prizes, six months' worth of free coffee from Purity Coffee, a Redmond's Real Salt bundle, two of those, a Paleo Valley bundle, two of those, Keto Crisp Protein Bars, six of those, and a one-year membership to my Keto Camp Academy for free and other surprises, including several copies of my best-selling book, Keto Flex. So head to ketocampchallenge.com, register your free spot. I want to take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is from Raj T05, titled, Thank You. My friend told me about Ben and how great he is. I just started doing keto a couple of months ago. I listened to a story in his webinar. I'm looking forward to working with Ben and getting healthy. Thank you, Ben, for everything you do. Raj, thank you. I'm so grateful your friend recommended me. Thanks for joining my webinar. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for leaving a rating and review. I am so grateful. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast, a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, please do so right now. It really helps. And maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. Okay, let's get into this conversation. Let's get right into it. Grab a pen and paper, stay present, take notes. Here is the conversation with Dr. Rebecca Warren. She's going to talk about how to use keto and fasting to heal your thyroid. She's going to debunk a lot of myths. We're going to go over lab markers to request and the optimal ranges versus the reference ranges. We're going to talk about why too much keto and too much fasting could actually be bad for your thyroid, but in the right amount, it could be very supportive. Dr. Rebecca Warren is an amazing human being. She and I worked together with uh, Dr. Mindy Peltz, who was on here yesterday, Dr. Daniel Pampa. We're part of an organization, a group called Platinum Group with Health Centers of the Future. And we are on a mission, our group, to put a dent in disease. And she's out there as a leading authority about thyroid health. You're going to be blown away by her energy, by her knowledge, by her story. So without further ado, here is the amazing Dr. Rebecca Warren. Good morning, Rebecca. Hey, good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Ben, this community, guys, get plugged in, join, because anytime I talk to anybody in this community, their knowledge is like beyond. And so I always love showing up and being able to serve your community. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Rebecca. We're excited and grateful to have you here. Uh, I would love for you to start with your story. If you could just give a backstory for those who are not familiar with your story. It's very inspirational. Uh, what happened when you were a young girl and what happened to your thyroid specifically back then? Yeah, you know, I specialize in thyroid hormones, which is kind of ironic because I don't have a thyroid. And the thing is, you don't hear about this possibly happening to you until you're sitting in your doctor's office. And you hear that something is wrong or you hear that you have thyroid cancer. And so for me, I was 16 years old. I was walking out of a movie theater. I had a massive, it felt like a heart attack. I got rushed to the emergency room. They get in there and they tell my parents, they hook me up to morphine and they tell my parents, um, your daughter has like a thousand stones in her gallbladder. She, my mind was blown. First of all, I was out of it because of how much drugs I was on. But I couldn't believe that my parents didn't understand it. But the answer was what? It's okay. We got it. We got it. We can cut it out, right? That's the answer. Let's just cut it out. Let's just medicate and send you on your way. And that's what happened. They cut out my gallbladder. But I, if I was in a room right now and I asked you guys, how many of you guys think you have a thyroid issue or have been diagnosed with a thyroid issue and have a history of gallbladder issues? Let me see where my hand is. How many of you guys would be raising your hand right now, right? There's a connection there. And your doctor doesn't talk to you about it because it's very easy to take care of. They can cut it out and get it out. And so after I had my gallbladder taken out, I was sitting at home and I was thinking to myself, this can't be right. Like, this can't be okay. Like, I can't be 16 years old having a gallbladder attack, right? 
it can't, this can't be happening right now. And so I went to my doctor, my follow-up, and I said to the doctor, because I thought that health was just losing weight, right? Look at that. Oh, my gosh. All these comments with people mm-hmm. with gallbladder issues. Yeah. Is there. I'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, so I went to my doctor, and I was like, I told my doctor, I was like, listen, I feel like maybe I need to change my health. I feel like I need to do something different. And the doctor said, oh, I've got you. I've got you. He's at the end of my appointment. After he checked me out, I'm healing great. He steps out of the room. He comes back with a Xerox copy, which us older folks here know what Xerox means, right? Black and white of a food pyramid, triangle and a little paragraph, two paragraphs at the bottom and gave it to me. And so I left that appointment thinking, all right, well, obviously he's not concerned to dig deeper. Maybe there's nothing for me to be concerned about. Well, three years later, there's a lump in my neck. My mom's concerned. I go in to see the doctor. They do biopsy. They, they look at it and they find out I'm sitting in that room. I will never forget sitting in that room. It was like I was watching a movie, right? I, I look over and the doctor's like, you know, we, we got these results back. I'm sorry to tell you that your daughter has cancer. She has thyroid cancer. But if there's a cancer to have, this is the good kind. And I remember thinking to myself, what? Like, what is going on? Like, I felt like I was watching a movie. Like, I had no control over what was happening to me. And it, my life was just going on without me. And I sat there. And why do they say that thyroid cancer is the good cancer? Why do they act like your thyroid issue is so easy to take care of? Well, because they can cut out my thyroid and they can put me on a pill for the rest of my life and not have to bother with digging deeper about why I ended up there at 19 years old. Why is it so easy, even though a lot of your doctors are not doing what they need to be doing or doing the right tests or anything like that, but it's so easy to take care of your thyroid issue because you can be on a pill and be a pharmaceutical patient for the rest of your life. And that's what happened to me. Cut out my thyroid, gave me high dose radiation and sent me on my way, which just so you know, the type of cancer I had, a follicular variant papillary carcinoma, that's completely unnecessary for they should have never done it and have higher risks now in my life than just leaving that cancer alone. They changed the name. But what ended up happening was my hormones were optimal. You guys are, you guys are going to understand this feeling, right? My hormones were optimal. I felt off in my body. I started struggling with depression. I would wake up with this heaviness I couldn't shake. And then at night when it was time for me to fall asleep, my mind was going 100 miles per hour. I was anxious. I was worrying about things. I didn't, I didn't feel right in my body. Then I started becoming weight loss resistant. So what I did, I, I went harder at CrossFit. I was doing CrossFit. I worked out harder. I decided to become vegan because for some reason there's this weird thing out there that like to be healthy and lose weight, you got to stop eating meat. And I would go to my doctor. I would get my labs. They would tell me everything looked normal. What do you want? In fact, when I was vegan... I had a doctor tell me, you want to lose weight? Like, do you understand calories in, calories out? And he implied that I needed to eat less. So I left there and became a raw vegan, which was completely horrible for my hormones. Mm -hmm. And in the end, what ended up happening is actually I got into a car accident, which was a hidden blessing. I sat in a chiropractor's office and it was the first time in my life that someone stood in front of me with the research and science and says that my body's created to heal, that it does the right thing at the right time. Every single time, those are principles within the profession of chiropractic, but it's, a, it's principles that are true no matter what. That means that if your thyroid is dysfunctional, if I created cancer in my thyroid, it's not because my body failed me, it's because my body has been trying to tell me something for years, if not decades. And in that office, I decided, and this is what you guys have to do. If you think you have a thyroid issue or you have a, you know, been diagnosed with a thyroid issue, I drew a line in the sand and I said, I'm done. There's not going to be a doctor that's going to tell me more about my own body. I am the expert. And I was only 19 years old. I didn't, I didn't have my DR in front of my name, right? the DC under, after my name. I was 19 years old and I fired my doctor and they said, no way. I'm going to understand exactly what's going on with my body. And that transformed my health. And that's why I became a doctor of chiropractic because I didn't want to just give out medications. I wanted to help people, you know, get well. But the difference is this. I don't live with the thyroid, right? For the rest of my life, 
I have to struggle with not having a vital organ. So the goal is this. If you have a thyroid, get yourself well so you don't end up in that path. And if you don't have a thyroid, there's so much more hope in how you can feel, heal, and function. Mm, such an inspiring story. Uh, and, you know, you're doing what that chiropractor did for you. You're doing that to so many people. And I, and I love to see that. It's rare for a 19-year-old to draw that line in the sand and say, wait a minute, something's not up here. Uh, and all of that was on the way, not in the way. And for those who are going through a symptom right now or an issue, whether it's thyroid or something else, it's on the way, not in the way. It's your body's way of giving you uh, a signal that something is awry, like Dr. Rebecca Warren spoke about. Symptoms could actually be a good thing. You know, it, it's something your body is showing you to go a little bit deeper and start to identify the interference and, and work on removing it. So when we think about the thyroid, the gold standard for testing thyroid health, at least conventional medicine, is looking at TSH. The TSH, and you will explain this better than I can, doesn't really show how the thyroid is functioning. So Dr. Rebecca Warren, can you explain the whole process of the hypothalamus pituitary and then how that works to with the thyroid and what the thyroid does after that. Absolutely. So a lot of you guys might be listening to this and you have been diagnosed with a thyroid issue. So you're on Synthroid or Armour Thyroid. But you've got to understand that when you get that medication, it actually, I, you know, I think there could be a time and a place with using hormones for different people, depending on how depleted you are. But the problem is this, when you go into that doctor's office, you leave with a script and that's all you have and that's all you're doing. What you're doing is you're bypassing so many steps to get to the end and put in that end product, right? So I like to go from above down and the hypothalamus in the brain, pituitary in the brainstem. The hypothalamus is always looking at your internal and external environment to determine am I safe or am I not safe? This is really important for you to understand because any chemical, emotional, or physical stressor is going to affect the hypothalamus and how it signals, which means any chemical, emotional, or physical stressor can affect your thyroid output. But hypothalamus is gonna to talk to the pituitary, thyroid releasing hormone, and from the pituitary, you get TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. And that's one you probably all hear of because it used to be the go, it used to be, I said used to be, if your doctor will still say it's the gold standard, they're completely wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not, and I'll explain here why. TSH is a pituitary hormone, it's not a thyroid hormone. It only is gonna tell you what the pituitary is registering right, from the hypothalamus, and it's only going to tell you about circulating T4. Total T4, that T4 number, is what comes back and talks with the pituitary. So if your T3 is low, which I'll explain the difference here, you're, you're going to see this lag happen in regards to TSH changes. What that means is, is it possible to have TSH within medical ranges and you have all the symptoms of hypothyroidism? Yes. Absolutely. And that's what studies are finding. In the past, they would say, if someone has symptoms and their TSH looks good, it's because they're not following recommendations. It's because it's on them. I read that. I remember reading those studies when I was struggling and I'm like, no, I I'm taking my medication and I'm doing it the right way. So TSH goes from the pituitary to the thyroid. It's a good marker if it's very, very high, if, if you see it creeping high, because at least you know that your body's feeling stressed out right? It'll get, it'll be that way if you're exposed to mold. It'll be that way if you have heavy metals. It'll be that way if you're chronically stressed. It'll be that way if you go too long in ketosis. But TSH goes to the thyroid and then thyroid releases T4. Now, a majority of it is going to be T4 and it's free T4. That's what you need to test. Free T4. Write that down, everybody. Yes. Please write all of this down. This is going to yeah. be life-changing for you. So free T4 is what's unbound and available, which means you can use it. You have doctors that are testing, testing your total T4, just looking at what's bound up. That's not helpful for you. If you can't use it, it's no good, right? So let me go ahead and back and say this. TSH ranges can go all the way up to 4.4 or 5. No way. We know now with recent studies, it has to be at least under a 2.5 at a minimum. So some of you guys are going into your doctor's office and you're at a three and a four that can increase your chances of miscarrying. It can increase your chances of chronic fatigue syndrome, increases your chances of depression and anxiety just by being above 2.5, but still being within medical ranges. 
free T4, you want it to be higher than a one. A lot of you guys are walking around under a one. That's not sufficient. You need to have enough free T4 circulating in your body. But you could be a 0.7 and the end of the range is a 0.69 and your doctor will say everything looks normal, which is why I always recommend always get copies of your labs. You might not understand it. Make a binder, get copies, right? So free T4 is still not where it ends, right? Free T4 has to be activated. It has to be converted. And that's going to happen, a majority of that's going to happen in the liver, um, in the gut, in the kidneys. But it has to be converted. So a lot of you guys are on T4-only medication with a gut that's messed up. You might have, you know, diarrhea or constipation, a liver that's overwhelmed. You have a lot of stored glucose there. And you're on T4-only medication. And your doctor's not checking to see if you're converting it. How do you see if you're converting it? You have to check your free T3 levels. Now, free T3 is going to be different um, according to whether you're in ketosis or not, all right? If you're in ketosis, you're going to see it on the lower end of the range. I don't like it to go too low. So let me give you an example. Uh, like our lab core ranges of free T3 can go from like 2.5 to 4.4, right? And when I have people in ketosis, my number one priority, and it should be your doctors, my number one priority is not what's on paper. My number one priority is what is happening in front of me. What are you telling me? You're losing weight. You have increased energy for the first time in a while because you're in ketosis. You've got this clarity. You have this, you know, you have all these really great changes. And then your free T3 is like a 2.9, a 2.8. I'm not going to be concerned about that. But if you're in under a 3.3, a 3.1, if you're under that out of ketosis, that is way too low. If you're out of ketosis, you want mid to higher end of the, of the free T3 range. You want to make sure you have enough T3. And I'll just throw a little note here about why that is. Yeah. When you're in ketosis, you're, you, you're creating ketone bodies. And now your energy substrates have changed. You're using this efficient form of energy, which affects your ATP production, right? T3 is involved in ATP production. When you're in this state of ketosis, what we see in studies is there's less need for T3 you're not having carbs but also you start losing weight your body becomes more efficient which is why when you're utilizing ketone bodies for an amazing source of fuel you will see that t3 go down and still see amazing results in your body because of energy because of those energy substrates that you're now using um so free t3 if you're in ketosis, so I'll, I'll say I usually like to have people have flex days leading up to their blood work to see what's natural, you know, what in this, you know, refeeding period, what that free T3 looks like. But you have to have adequate numbers of free T3. And then the last two, last two labs I'll add in there is TPO antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies, because I noticed this here in the comments as well. A lot of people have Hashimoto's. The problem when you go to your doctor and you see that you have antibodies is that they'll get you on a medication and send you on your way. But that means you have an active autoimmune issue, which means this, we have, we have studies that prove that thyroid antibodies cross the blood brain barrier. So an autoimmune reaction in the brain, it affects your gut, it affects your skin, that when you have these antibodies, you are three times as likely to continue to develop other autoimmune issues. So when you go to your doctor, they see you have antibodies. Let's say they do the test. Perhaps they'll do the test. Some doctors, they don't do it. And the reason why is because there's no medication that you can take that will bring down your thyroid antibodies. You actually have to find your autoimmune trigger. So TPO antibodies, thyroglobulin antibodies, thyroglobulin should be under a one. TPO antibodies should be under a nine. And those are going to be the most important labs to look at. Mm, so, so great. Um, and then one of the reasons why they don't typically test those antibodies, like to your point, is because their, their treatment is the same. And they don't really understand how to get to the root cause, which we'll talk about. And the, the, the fact about ketosis, uh, another reason why you might see lowered free, uh, free T3 is because now you're reducing cellular inflammation. So now the hormone is more sensitive, right, Rebecca? Yes, that's a big thing. Well, there's, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you even more points, but that's a big thing. 
because I hear this and Ben, I'm sure you have to like, there's people that are like, Oh my gosh, I'm hyperthyroid now. Like I am having, you know, increased anxiety and, you know, uh, some heart palpitations. I went to my doctor and now my TSH is too low and you're not hyperthyroid. Hyperthyroid is a disease process. You're just on too much medication. And the reason why a lot of people don't realize this is that when your doctor has had to increase thyroid hormone, like your medication, it's because you haven't been efficient at binding it and utilizing it, absorbing it, right? So you need to take 150, 200 higher amounts than what you really need because you're only absorbing 60, 75 or only utilizing a certain percentage of it. When you get into this state of ketosis, you see that you know cell membrane health changes, your gut microbiome changes, and you need less. Even I have people, even when they go into these flex periods where they might, you know, hey, Dr. Becca's, you know, I'm, I've been, you know, eating more higher carbs for a month. They still don't see an increase in needing more medication because their body has actually changed. Uh, can you repeat the antibody numbers again? Yeah. So. Uh, TPO antibodies, thyroperoxidase antibodies, those should be under a nine. And then thyroglobulin antibodies should be under a one. And, and Betty asked that question. Betty, if you go to, if Betty's in the academy. Betty, when you go into the academy and log in, search for Dr. Rebecca Warren. Uh, she did a, a masterclass for us about a year ago, and she did a whole presentation with slides, and we have all those markers and, and much more. We talk about how to actually flex the right way. And she, for those who are not in the academy, she does have a free resource for, for you as well, uh, I believe, on your website, right, Rebecca? Yeah. Optimal Thyroid Labs ebook. Just go to drrebeccawarren.com, no period, just drrebeccawarren.com, and you can see that on there as well. So we'll put that, Alina, put that in the uh, live stream chat. There's another marker that uh, I want to talk about, which is reverse T3. What is reverse T3, and why should we look at that as well? So reverse T3 is this really dynamic uh, lab marker. Um, it, it's a reverse T3. I want you to think of it as a kind of survival underlying in inflammation marker. Reverse T3 will increase and decrease uh, according to any kind of chemical, emotional, physical stressors that are in your body. So what that means is if you're chronically stressed, right, you're toxic or, you know, you've got blood sugar issues or some other things like that. What you find is that your body thinks that there's something happening. You have this innate response, either survival mode or rest and digest, sympathetic or parasympathetic. And so what ends up happening is that when your body is in sympathetic, which is, you know, survival mode, you'll see that reverse T3 start to increase and increase and increase. Why would that be an issue for you? Is because when T4 goes into the liver and you want to make T3, because T3 is going to bind with your cell and make you lose weight and feel good and have energy, you always make a little bit of a reverse T3 in case there's a famine, in case you can't make thyroid hormones, in case your thyroid shuts down. It's a good innate response. But when you're chronically stressed, what you'll find is that your body will make less free T3 and increase more reverse T3. And so why that's a problem is because reverse T3 will compete with free T3. So is it possible when you go to your you know, medical doctor's office that your TSH looks normal, your free T4 looks normal, your free T3 is within range, but you still have some serious thyroid symptoms? Yeah, because reverse T3 is going to compete with free T3, bind to the cell, and not give you all the great benefits that free T3 does. It's also why you might feel okay and why you're like, man, I'm starting to kind of crash a little bit. I'm starting to have energy issues, but it's not really that bad and still have a thyroid issue. It's because when your body starts, you know, really crashing, when your thyroid starts shutting down, whether again, any kind of stressor can cause that thyroid to shut down, your body is going to start pulling from reverse T3. So it'll make you feel like you're more okay than you really are. And that's why testing the right labs and keeping an eye on those every single year, if you don't have a thyroid issue, um, is really important to always keep an eye on those labs. For those of you who are VIP members, we have about 26 minutes left with Dr. Rebecca Warren. She needs to be done by 11 a.m. because she has a radio show. 
So for the VIP members, we emailed you a StreamYard link at 9 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Now would be a good opportunity to head into the StreamYard studio. So when we get to the Q&A portion shortly, you could actually have this opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Rebecca Warren, which is a rare, special opportunity. For the VIP members, head into the StreamYard studio. I'll see you down there. First come, first serve. So I'll see you in order how you join. So we've established getting lab work is important, getting the right lab work is important, and viewing it from that functional range is important. And if you want to get those markers, it's doctor, doctorswarren.com slash thyroid. And, and what's the name? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can just go to Dr. Rebecca Warren. It'll take you straight to the same page. Okay. Same page. And then the name, of the, the name of the guide is what? The Optimal Thyroid Labs ebook. Great. And when we think about thyroid symptoms, we, when we think about hypo, meaning underactive, uh, if you have an underactive thyroid, you typically will see a high TSH, similar to insulin resistance. When you look at C-peptide and that pancreas is getting burned out, you could see the same thing with the thyroid. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you think about thyroid symptoms that are underactive, everything is slowing down. Your brain is mm -hmm. slowing down, brain fog. Your weight loss is slowing down, weight gain. Uh, what are some other common hypothyroid symptoms? Yeah, this is actually, I'm really glad you brought this up because a couple of weeks ago, I was reading some studies and it was so shocking to me. I came across something that talked about how only 10% of thyroid symptoms are, or hypothyroid symptoms are what you think they would be. 90% are not. And what does that look like? Well, you've got constipation or diarrhea, acid reflux. You have some type of underlying digestive disorder. Like you mentioned, free T3 makes the body go forward. It produces energy at a cellular level so that your cells can do what they're created to do. So constipation, diarrhea, acid reflux, skin issues, candida, small intestinal bowel overgrowth um, in candida are very opportunistic in underlying low thyroid issues, right? So that's a big one. Another one is depression and anxiety, feeling this brain fog, feeling this thing that you just can't shake. And the thing is this, like when we're talking about depression and anxiety, I, I, you know, it's not this one thing fixes all of it, right? It's a layered thing that we have to look at. But we know that when your thyroid is low, it's going to affect brain function. The thyroid affects heart function, blood pressure dysregulation, you know, so we're looking at those types of symptoms. Those are going to be kind of like the big ones. And then energy. And it usually starts off with feeling like you have to, like, you could sleep 10 hours. This is always what I say. You could sleep 10 hours. And if I say, hey, Ben, do you want to nap this afternoon? You'd be like, honestly, I would love to slow down and sit on a couch. That's not normal. Needing something between 12 and 3, whether it's a snack, you know, whether it's, a soda, whether it's a coffee, whether it's something to put in your mouth around 12 to three, there's always a big red flag for me that there's a thyroid, an underlying thyroid issue going on there. There you go. Important things to pay attention to. Let's, you already explained how ketosis could help support the thyroid. And we'll get a little bit into how, how you would recommend keto flexing. But before we do, a lot of people are, are under the impression that they cannot practice intermittent fasting if they have an underactive thyroid. What are your thoughts on that? That <laughs> I, th there's, there's no reason, especially, especially for intermittent fasting. We know, so I'll take a big picture, make it very small, very simple, especially when it comes to the thyroid. I always say that the thyroid, the sex hormones, I like to use a three-legged stool a lot for a lot of different examples, right? The three-legged stool works for this as well. So there's thyroid hormones, adrenal hormones, and sex hormones. And when one of those legs, if I were to cut off one of those legs, that stool is going to fall over. And so those three are so intimately related. And so when we're looking at intermittent fasting, which is not caloric restriction, I want to touch on that here after that, though. But it's not caloric restriction. It's time-restricted eating. We know that we have a circadian clock in our brain, and all of our separate organs have their own circadian clock that every day is preparing itself to either get ready for bed, to get ready for an exercise, to get ready um, to digest food. When we're looking at intermittent fasting, there's so many amazing benefits from starting to see signs of autophagy for cellular sensitivity, changing the gut microbiome. But one really th big thing that I love is affecting this cortisol, melatonin, this circadian clock. 
when you are eating too long, your organs are not going to be functioning optimally. When you restrict that time eating window around light, around when you're going to bed and eating enough nourishing calories within those intermittent fasting windows, you support your adrenals and your adrenals get a really big hit when you are suboptimal on your thyroid hormones. Your adrenals come front and center. They become very over the top, overreactive, and sometimes can crash when you are either low thyroid and on medication. That's possible to still be suboptimal thyroid and still be on medication or be low thyroid even without medication. Intermittent fasting is a powerful tool. But I do want to say this, Ben, I've got to call this out. And I've noticed it a lot with women that do intermittent fasting. They're restricting their calories. There's two reasons why they're doing that, I I find, is that number one, we can tend to focus on all the things we cannot have, right? They want to, you know, they focus on the things they cannot have. But also, if you've struggled with weight loss resistance, you've been fed this message in your head that you got to eat less, eat less, eat less, eat less. And if you struggled with thyroid hormone issues, you can't lose weight. It's hard. You can exercise how much you want. You can restrict it. You're not going to lose weight. But the problem with that is you're going to set yourself up for more hormone issues. So when you're doing intermittent fasting, it's all about nourishing your body, time-restricted eating window, and eating around when you're waking up and you know when you're going to sleep to support that adrenal balance. So important to understand that it's the balance between those those two pathways, autophagy, which you get with fasting, that's catabolic. So breaking down, but in a good way, the body breaks down the bad stuff. And then you want to get the opposite of autophagy, which is the mTOR pathway. We're going to talk a lot about this on our final session Tuesday, but mTOR stands for mechanistic target of rapamycin. It's just an anabolic pathway. But if you're getting too much autophagy and you're under eating, that could actually create more issues with your thyroid and weight loss resistance and a whole host of things. So what Dr. Rebecca Warren just said, the feasting is just as important as the fasting. And when we say feasting, healthy food, healthy amounts of protein, uh, ketosis-friendly foods. What are some key, uh, let's talk ingredients, specific ingredients that we can take maybe in supplement form or from food to help support the thyroid? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to say one thing too, because so we were talking about intermittent fasting, but there are also even benefits with fasting, like doing dinner to dinner fast and longer fast. And I want to point that out because again, that's a part of a conversation that's out there in the internet world. That's like, oh, you, you can't fast or you can't do keto if you know, you have a thyroid issue. But I want to say this one thing that I think is really, really cool is that for the first time recently ever, they discovered adult stem cells in the thyroid. And they're like, what? Like, what is this? What does this mean? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this why all these people are getting thyroid cancer? But we know now that there's all these signs that the thyroid can regenerate. That is incredible because when you have Hashimoto's and your thyroid gets destroyed, they're just like, oh, okay, it doesn't matter. You're going to be on medication. Or when people get their thyroid cut out, if there's any tissue left behind, they can see it grow they can grow back their thyroid glandular. And I think this is gonna be amazing future research, but we know that fasting creates this regenerative capacity and affects stem cell production. So that's the path I take. I'm like, I don't have the science yet to show all of it. And the science is gonna be far behind, but fasting adult stem cells and thyroid tissue is really, really remarkable. Really, really remarkable. I know the liver is the same way. You can regenerate your entire liver as well. That's how amazing the human body is. So great share. Incredible. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so some nutrients. So I do want to, I want to point this out and it's kind of like this vicious cycle. So the thyroid is going to affect, uh, stomach, stomach, right? It's going to affect digestion. It's going to affect gallbladder, gallbladder. It's going to affect all these things, right? And the reason why that stinks is because if it affects your gut, then you're not absorbing a lot of nutrients. And then if you're not absorbing your nutrients efficiently, you're not utilizing them efficiently, then it goes back and it affects your thyroid. And so one thing that I like to look at is, and I saw someone ask about zinc and um, vitamin C and vitamin D. So here's some building blocks to be aware of when it comes 
to needing nutrients for your thyroid. Yeah, zinc, C, D, those are all really, really amazing. So number one, tyrosine is an amino acid that you get from consuming protein. So uh, making sure that your, your gut is absorbing and breaking down the protein that you're consuming. There's a lot of people out there that are going vegan or vegetarian because they can't handle meat. Uh, that's a big red flag. That means your digestion capacity is very low. And anytime I do gut tests on these people, it's like, well, yeah, you have no enzymes. You have like, you have no HCL production and it's all ties back to your thyroid. So tyrosine, which is an amino acid is really, really important. Making sure that you're consuming adequate amounts of protein, or if you notice that your free T4 is down, working with that amino acid and supplementing with that can help with that. Iodine. Now iodine is going to be really, really interesting here, right? Because we know that iodine is a halogen. I like if you're going to start off to not supplement with high doses of iodine unless you're working with a practitioner and unless you're getting lab work done regularly. Because iodine can detox halogens like fluoride and chlorine and bromine that you're exposed to from water to chemicals like flame retardants and nonstick surfaces. So my goal is when I start working with iodine is to start off with more natural forms. I love TMI. You, you utilize TMI from systemic formulas because it's from a very natural whole food source and you can use very, very little of it to support it. I do like the iodine loading test, which is when you take a high amount of iodine and then you collect your urine to test your iodine saturation. But I think iodine consuming it within your diet can be really helpful. Iodine you get iodine and you make the T4 molecules and the three T3, those three molecules are coming from iodine. And tyrosine is associated with the thyroglobulin. Have, you, then, have, you, have you used um, upgraded formulas, peak thyroid at all? I do. I actually don't use the peak thyroid. I use their magnesium, their selenium. Um, I use like their individual minerals. Yep. Their selenium is great. It's like 400 micrograms. It's nanoparticles. So I actually do like um, the upgraded formula. I see great results with that, um, awesome. especially with the selenium. Yeah. We're going to so have Barton Bar on Monday and we're going to give away a whole bunch of his products. So yeah, he'll talk more about oh. that. Too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love, I love their products for that. Um, so yeah, that's what I utilize for magnesium and the minerals that I want to get up in their body. So, so selenium, selenium is protective of the thyroid. So I'm going to say overall minerals, upgraded formulas. He's going to talk about these minerals and why they're so important. You know, I came across a study that just from the soil depletion, there is a 30% decrease of mineral content in vegetables and 15% decrease in meat. Wow. Just, just from the soil. And that's not even taken into consideration, you know, what's going on in your gut. So selenium, zinc, copper, magnesium, I like to do a whole complex, um, but if I know there's Hashimoto's, if I know there's conversion issues, I'll utilize, like I mentioned, the upgraded formulas, individual minerals, because their selenium is very, very good. And it's amounts that I haven't seen anywhere else. I usually have people have to take like five capsules right. to get the amount that they have, right? So um, selenium, those minerals are going to be essential. They protect the thyroid. They are associated with enzymatic activity to make T4 and enzymatic activity to convert T4 into T3. Really, 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 really big. And then vitamin D, it's a hormone in the body. If you do not know your vitamin D status, you need to get that tested and you should get that tested regularly. Ben, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but myself and my husband, I have seen vitamin Ds in the 20s. Yeah. I have ne I've been practicing for seven, eight years, eight years now. I have never seen vitamin D as low as I've seen them now. I don't think it's just not getting out in the sun. I think people are toxic. Their liver's overwhelmed and, you know, synthesizing and, and utilizing the vitamin D is very, very low. So it's very, very much so worth it to get that tested. And I shoot with thyroid healing 60, 70. I might even have, according to how bad their thyroid conversion is, up into the 80s in regards to vitamin D levels. But also making sure that at a minimum you have vitamin K. I want to mention this, vitamin D moves calcium. So when you don't have vitamin K there, you can have calcium settling in areas that you don't want it, causing some issues. And magnesium is really important to shuttle vitamin D into the cell for utilization. So those are the nutrients that I think can, you can look at supplementing. I go ahead and tell you, I, I utilize minerals almost 
with everyone just because of the data that's coming out about how we're depleted in our soil. I love that. There you go. I hope everybody wrote that down. We have Betty, Harriet, and Suzanne, who I'm going to bring on here. We have 11 minutes, so we should have time to get to all three. Yeah. Uh, the vitamin D thing is important. Uh, I like to see it above 60. You know, another reason why we're seeing such low vitamin D, Rebecca, and I learned yeah, this from Dr. Don Klum, vitamin D and insulin have an inverted relationship. So we're seeing more insulin resistance, high insulin, and that's going to lower your vitamin D, meaning you could take all the vitamin D you want or even get a lot of sunshine, but if you're not doing your, your ketogenic lifestyle and your sugars are up, your insulin is up, it's not going to get to the levels that you want to get to. So as you combine an insulin-friendly diet, keto, with fasting strategies to drop the insulin and then take vitamin D supplementation the right way and get the sun, that's going to get it up very, very fast. But you got to test often. When I interviewed Dr. Anthony J on my Keto Camp podcast, who's a Mayo Clinic scientist, he said... According to his research, if somebody has their vitamin D levels above 50, right? 50, we prefer 60 or higher, but he said above 50, he thinks it's almost impossible to get a cytokine storm from COVID. That is a very powerful statement That's from a huge. Mayo Clinic researcher. So get your vitamin That's D huge. tested. Yeah. Um, Betty, are you ready to come on here and ask? Okay, she is. So here is the beautiful Betty. Hi, it's so good to hey. see you. We've talked before, but listen, I recently had uh, upgraded minerals do my hair analysis. It definitely came back showing probably thyroid issue, adrenal issue, and low metabolism. Okay, so I think you've pretty much answered most of my questions as far as, yes, I can continue to fast. I'm 70. So yes, I can continue to fast. Because because I can do long fast. I mean, I can fast like there's no tomorrow. It, it doesn't phase me. Um, but I did have severe hair loss issues, um, and I had a lot of sleep issues, dry skin. Am I tired? No, I'm never tired. I walk five, usually more miles a day. But I really think when it gets down to the bottom line, the thyroid is the issue. So um, I want to ask you, the fasting, which I usually do, the Ben's 511 uh, kind of thing, would extended fasting help me some? I'm having a hard time regulating blood sugars. They're, they're, they're in the right ranges now, but sometimes they're still above 90 but I'm usually not in ketosis. I'm usually a 0 0.4, 0 0.3. Uh, very seldom do I get, you know, into the correct range. And I, I was wondering, would a longer fast help with that? Um, Betty, remind me, did we talk to you about antibodies? Yes. And I do have the antibodies, which okay. I looked at. And that's why I asked for the repeat on the numbers, because mine, um, the I've got it right here in front of me. Now, this is a year ago, mind you, I'm due to go back. But a year ago, the uh, TP was 12 and the uh, thyroglobin was 14. So, yes, yes, you have those. So, here we go. This is kind of my story. You don't want, you want to utilize fasting and ketosis to optimize your body, but not just chase symptoms. Like these things, what fasting and ketosis is going to do is going to set your body to heal itself, right? To support right. itself. Right. But right now you're having these symptoms that your body's letting you know you have an autoimmune issue. You have a trigger of an autoimmune issue. And the a reminder, this isn't the problem within medicine when it looks at like the thyroid and TPO antibodies is it thinks it's TPO or thyroglobulin antibodies. It's only going to affect the thyroid. It's you have an overall immune system issue, which means that probably at this point, you have some other autoimmune issues going on. So what I would recommend is taking a step back and working on getting those autoimmune triggers down. You've got to, or yeah, whatever that autoimmune trigger down. So what, what could that be? Is there a gut component? Is there leaky gut? 
is there candida, like maybe perhaps doing a stool test, going a little bit deeper and finding out, um, do I have any, um, I just had a break, zonulin. Zonulin is a protein you can test for that shows that there's a lot of leaky gut. Do you have high anti-gliadin? Is it gluten? Are you now sensitive to other foods that are causing flare-ups? And then you can even dig deeper. Uh, do you have a reactivation of an underlying virus? Is there something like cytomegalovirus or Epstein-Barr? Um, have you been exposed to mold? Is there mercury fillings, amalgam fillings in your mouth? Uh, there's going to be until you look up what's triggering that response and bring it down, you're going to notice a complete change. And this is the one thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll end with this. A lot of times when we have these underlying issues, it's been there for so long, it's settled in. That your normal, that you've managed to live your life with is actually not normal at all. It's like being in a room and someone passes gas and you smell it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. And then what happens a few minutes later? You don't notice it anymore. So having this like autoimmune, remember thyroglobulin should be under a one, like a 0.9, a 0.8. This is a pretty robust autoimmune response that your body has had, I don't know for how long. So you're living in a state that's not balanced or functional. So I would say before starting on that, because you want to make sure you're supporting that, first identify that underlying trigger. And if it's gut, oh my gosh, these longer fasts are really great to use as a tool to reset the gut microbiome. But understand what you need to do once you come off of it, right? Increase, you know, you might need to do some gut lining support, some bacteria support, some some yeast support. Like you've got to identify those underlying triggers and then pull them out because that is going to affect your overall body. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Very, Thank you, very Betty. Welcome. Betty, I would look into heavy metals. Uh, we'll talk a little bit offline about that. But yeah, heavy metals, especially mercury, uh, has an affinity for the thyroid. Um, okay, we have time, I think, for Suzanne and then Harriet. If we don't have time, we'll, we'll do. I'll do both of them. It's fine. I'll just have my my husband. We practice okay. together. I'll just have him start it. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> so here's here's Suzanne. Hi, Dr. Warren. How are you? Hey, Suzanne. Good. Good. Hi. Thanks. Um, so my question was about someone that's um, in their seventies without a thyroid, and just wondering if there's weight to lose 50, 60, 70 pounds. Does somebody in their 70s without a thyroid have just as good a chance to lose that weight doing keto and intermittent fasting and doing like the 511 plan that Ben had mentioned? Or is it, is it like they never going to be able to lose it? Like, what are your yeah. suggestions for somebody in that scenario? A, yeah, no, this is a really good question. My biggest pet peeve, the thing that pisses me off is that for some reason in medicine, once you hit 60, you're old. Everything goes yeah. downhill. And I think that's complete crap. I've had, I had an 82-year-old woman fast five, water fast, five days. She didn't have weight to lose. She lost like two pounds, gained it right back on refeeding. It was the best mm -hmm. she had ever felt. But I'll never forget when she sat there and she told me that the doctor was like, I mean, you're 80. Like when she was talking about how she was feeling in her own body, that's complete crap, Right. Aging versus cellular aging is going to be different. And can someone at 70 turn 71 and feel remarkably better than what they ever felt at 60 or at 50? Absolutely. But the one thing that I find, she doesn't have a thyroid. There's two things I'll right. mention about that. She's on Synthroid. Number, yeah. So number one, I would bet some money. I, I don't have her labs. I, I would bet money. She's not on optimal dosing for her which not. sucks. Yeah. Because number one, there, she has two things going against her within the system, medical system that I've seen that a lot of doctors do. Number one, they write off that she's 70. So she comes in and she's like, I'm tired or I feel a certain way. Well, I mean, you're 70, you know, no, they tend to write off a lot of the symptoms that are showing that something's wrong. Um, and number two, uh, most people, doctors don't look at the, like the ranges, right? But when you're living without a thyroid, I'll, I'll go ahead to anyone else that's listening to this. I've seen it in my own health. I've seen it with, I've worked with hundreds of different people um, online and, you know, even in my clinic that have had their thyroid removed and they tend to do better on the 
upper end of the ranges, meaning free T3, free T3 uh, goes up to 4.4. People feel good at 4.4 or 4.5, which doctors, you could go into the doctor at 4.5 and be like, oh my gosh, doc, I'm losing weight. I feel great. They'll look at that paper and be like, oh my gosh, this is too high. And then they'll cut back the dose and then the symptoms come back. And I've heard mm -hmm. that story happen over and over again where they're like, I actually felt great, but my doctor said it was too high. No. So she has those two things kind of, you know, kind of going against her. So I mm -hmm. recommend getting the full labs done. Then when looking at the labs, taking into consideration that the ranges are going to be different for someone without a thyroid. They tend to have TSH much, 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 much more suppressed. Free T4 and free T3 more on the higher end. And how do you know what's the best range for her? When she starts losing weight, when she starts feeling, you know, energy, when she, the clarity comes and depression leaves and, you know, anxiety goes away. Mm -hmm. um, and then ketosis and fasting and flexing. Yes, every single body wants metabolic diversity. Every single body thrives off of right. diversity. Is that helpful? Okay. Thank you so yeah. much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Awesome. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca, where's the best place to go check you out? Mention your website again, your social media handles, Clubhouse, et cetera. Where can everybody go check you out? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to drrebeccawarren.com. A few things that we're working on right now. Please join my newsletters so you guys can be alerted to that. Um, you got that free thyroid lab ebook, um, Instagram, Dr. Rebecca Warren, Facebook, Dr. Rebecca Warren. And I am launching this free healing after thyroidectomy. So Suzanne, your friend, if she's on Facebook, go ahead um, and ask to join that group. I want to be sharing a lot of hope, which is missing a lot in groups that, of people that don't have a thyroid. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. We'll put all that in the notes uh, or in the uh, live stream. Alina's on top of it already. So I want to yeah. thank you, Rebecca, for coming on here. You did it last time we did a challenge and you blessed us today as well. So thank you for what you're doing. I'm grateful to be on this mission with you. And everybody go get on Rebecca's newsletter. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much for today. Yeah. And I just want to leave with just a few things just yeah, really, really peace. quick. Like I wish I had something like this when I was 19 and 20. Uh, There's nothing there was nothing. And when you are not connected to a community that thinks differently about health, that knows the truth about health out there, it can get very hopeless. It can feel very stuck. You can feel scared about if this is happening to you now, what's life going to look like at 60, at 70, at 80, at 50. Right. And so what I, what I want to say is number one, join the community, right? Be, be plugged in be fed, be reminded that there's hope, be reminded about the truth that it, the body's created to heal itself and you can get better and advocate for yourself. Dr. Rebecca, my, one of the top questions I get asked, there's Dr. Nathan, one of the top questions I get asked, well, what if my doctor doesn't want to order my labs? Fire them. Like what? The, you're, you have symptoms, you have issues. Don't stick around Fight for yourself because you're worth it. You are the best expert, the best healing, the best doctor is in your body. And Ben, anytime you need me for anything, I'm always there to serve you and your community. Likewise. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic discussion with Dr. Rebecca Warren. If you want to listen to the previous episodes, she's been on the show before, episode 279, episode 254. We're going to drop links for both of those down in the podcast notes, along with her website, her social media, all the things she mentioned could be found down below. I also want to encourage you to get registered for the upcoming seven-day keto challenge by heading to ketocampchallenge.com. If you become a VIP member, you can actually join the live streams and ask myself and my, my confirmed speakers your questions. It's going to be great. And you get lifetime access to the video recordings. And VIP membership also gives you exclusive Q&A with me. Uh, so you have that option to upgrade. Head to ketocampchallenge.com. Please share this episode with a friend, a family member, somebody you know who's dealing with thyroid issues. Go check out Dr. Rebecca Warren. Get signed up for my Keto Camp Challenge over at ketocampchallenge.com. 
And we have one more episode coming up this Friday, December 31st with Dr. Kate Shanahan before we wrap up 2021 and head into the new year. So I'll see you on Friday. Have an amazing day. And thank you so much for pressing play today. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.